Wicked! You woke up late for work, but you don't want to go! You ask your wife, please, but she still says no! But all you want to do is write parody songs And talk about a movie, get everything wrong You gotta fight for your right Cut your recording says you're a peon. But that fucking hypocrite has two Patreon. <laughs> Only having one mic, man, it really sucks ass. Having the crowd together take turns passing gas. You gotta fight! Nope. Just not good. That's not good. Uh-oh. What happened? That is the worst thing that could have happened. What's this? Is, I'm so confused. Noah fell off the Zoom. He shit his pants. And he pulled out his head. Is that your mic or your headphones? Is that your mic or your headphones? Can you hear me? Is that better? I, I, still, I can still hear you, yeah. Can you see me? Yep. Okay. That was not planned. That sucked really bad. My wire got <laughs> caught in the fucking... Hold on. Yeah, and my fucking garage man stopped recording, too. Awesome. Awesome! We need to do a take two of all of that. <laughs> okay. And everyone can still hear me just fine, right? Everyone can hear me. Everything's good. Clean. It's all clean. It's all good. I'm so excited to. I'm so excited for this. Well, for the first time ever, (laughs) it's time to fight. Oh no! If you catch my drift. Fuck. Here we go. Kick it. for work, man, you don't want to go. You ask your wife, please, but she still says no. But all you want to do is write parody songs and talk about a movie, get everything wrong. You got to fight. For your right to podcast. Your boss got you recording, says you're a peon. But that fucking hypocrite has two Patreons. Only having one mic, man, it really sucks ass. The crowd around together take turns passing gas. Yeah, oh. Mm. 
one more. One more. Don't come late into work playing McDonald's flute. Even if the off-key playing is kind of cute. Your wife busted and she says, what's that noise? Hun, you just jealous? It's the on the list, boys. Yeah. You gotta fight for your right to podcast. You gotta fight for your right to podcast. (laughs) <laughs> uh, almost had it right there Hold on Gear it up Did you like it just as much the second time as you did the first time? I, 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 uh, I, yes, yes, absolutely. Give it to me two times. Give it to me three times. Give it to me on uh, Thursday night for supper and again Friday morning for breakfast. Just, just give it. It, it was good. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I love the, the I love the CEO that has two Patreons. That's my favorite guy that popped up in that particular parody there. Uh, I just want to throw something into our Zoom chat window here for your consideration. Uh, Paradis Nuts songs. I'm going to have to think about that. (laughs) I'm going to have to think about that one. (laughs) I will take it into consideration. Um, I was at In-N-Out when I thought of that song. Okay. um, Because it was playing over the loudspeaker. Oh, Shut up. Let me talk. It was playing over the loudspeaker, and then I saw my friend Eric there, mm. and it was playing as I was talking to my friend Eric. I didn't plan on seeing my friend Eric there, but I did. And I said, isn't this like the best song? And he's like, yeah, the BC Boys rock. And then I thought, it's the On The List Boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that. I was like, it's the On The List Boys. You kinda, and and you, like, worked, you worked, you worked, you crafted around that, that right there. Yeah. I really yes. like that. I really like that. Because- I was like listening to it and I like went to sit down and then it was like, it's the Beastie Boys. And it was like, it's the Yama List Boys. Now we have talked about in and out and fast food a couple times on this show. And I just have a question for you. As a former Los Angeles resident, uh, what's your preferred method of getting in and out? Are you a drive through kind of guy? Do you like to go in the restaurant or is it just sort of like situation dependent? Um, I like to not do the drive through okay. if I'm being honest with you, because that's how most people are getting their in and out. And I like to go in, if I'm able to, get it, sit down, have someone give me maybe the worst look I've received all week sitting in the restaurant, and then be like, all right, I'm going to just wait for my food. They're very nice at They in-out. are very nice. Like, that is kind of like the coolest thing there is that they're going to be nice to you. They're going to be like, may I take your hat, sir? Would you like some food, sir? It's going to be awesome. So, I love the Felix and In-N-Out. 
Um, the first In and Out I ever went to was with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He took me In and Out, and it was the one, and it's the one I live near now. So wow. the more things change, the more they stay the same. Certainly, certainly, certainly. Um, so Noah, I'm trying to get the email set up here, um, and it has. Uh, I, I heard that you were nudged in the direction of this particular email by somebody. Um, and the reason why I didn't, uh, it was sent on January 12th. I responded to it on January 12th, but it is primarily, um, sort of visual in nature. So I did not think that it warranted, um, reading, uh, sharing on, uh, the, on the show here. Uh, and also just cause I didn't want to give the sender of this particular email one, Dustin Titcomb, um, the satisfaction, of uh, getting uh, yet again another spot. Uh, but anyways, the email is, is subject headline, the Zoopranos, you, and the, the, the body of the, the email is, you see in the shit, this monkey is driving a golf cart. Wow. Here's what it is, putting it in the Zoom chat here, and guests, uh, you can comment on this as well. So why don't we all click the, the link that was posted here. It's called I don't Zoopranos. <laughs> I don't want to watch Dustin, I don't want to watch this on the fucking show. Do we have to watch this, Mason? We you just have to watch- listen to your song. I know. That should be that punishment enough. I agree. <laughs> Mason, do we have to watch just, this? Just hit play. Noah, you've seen this before, I know. God, it's like, pl- it's all playing through, like, your speakers and my speakers. So it's just, right. A- right. So what it is for the audience at home, it's an orangutan driving a golf cart around the uh around a zoo or something there i don't know why it was necessary for us to read that on the fucking show dustin i don't know what the reason for that is you know what i did on the 12th of january i responded whoa i responded to this what more do you fucking want i got a message for dustin take home and dustin take home only right now okay all right you're fucking done Uh, Absolutely, get out of our fucking inbox, you fucking. If you have a better email than that, which is a low bar to hurdle, I, I know. But if you do have a better email than that, send it to everybody wants to the number two. Get on the list at gmail.com. and we'll read it on the show. We'll read that on the show. If yeah. there's something to, that is the worst email we've gotten, to read, we shouldn't have read if that on the show. There's something to read. That's what. Uh, then we'll do it on the show. But Noah, do you want to? Speaking of the show. Welcome to It's On The List. This is a podcast about underrated albums, movies, and a whole lot more. Mostly Family Guy, mostly doing farting, mostly McDonald's flute. I am the one host of the show. The Funny Talking Baby, a.k.a. Fuckable Joe Biden, a.k.a. The Cunnilingus Genius. Mason, my co-host. What is up? The Funny Talking Dog. What's up? What's up? Hello, my name is, uh, yes, it's me, your co-host, the Richard Roper of It's On The List. (laughs) Mason M. Chicago Mace. Uh, uh, Blue Line Warrior. Uh, the uh, enough. Yeah, enough. Enough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> enough. I don't want to. I'm introducing <laughs> the yeah, guest. Introduce the guest, please. Our guest today is a dancer and contributor to Merry Go Round Magazine. And if you want to do some Pilates, better your posture and all that jazz. Book her for a Pilates session. <clears throat> she will come to you. Maybe you'll have to come to her. We'll find out here in a sec. But book her. Please welcome back to the show the only person I know who loves shitting and farting more than I do, Sienna Kresge, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woo! What's going on, big dog? Well, I just I couldn't describe myself better than you just did. <laughs> I know. 
That's why I host the show. <laughs> That's why I do the intros. I know. I get it. What's going on? Um. Well, I don't know. It's a, it's a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> we have to acknowledge that. We are recording <laughs> in the morning. What's which that, is... um, that, what was that video of like Nancy Pelosi or something? And she's like, good morning, Sunday morning. You know this? I'm not familiar. Oh, it's a very like uncanny clip where she's like, "Good morning, Sunday morning." Um. Anyway, can you just edit that part out? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I think we should pull up that clip and play that on the show. Now we've already. It played would probably Zupranos. be like two seconds. Hey, Mason. For the record, I liked that Sopranos video i, I wasn't really saying like it's a bad video there. but it's it's primarily visual in nature there's not like a little like it's not like there's a parody of woke up this morning by uh Al- what's the band's name woke up alabama yeah 3. it's not like there's a parody element to it it's just a, an orangutan driving around which the audience woke up this morning the pocket, I, I will link Fucked it around the zoo i will link it in the description yeah. well, and all the all the editing of it is like it's a well-made video if if you've seen The Sopranos, it, it's just like the intro. <laughs> it's uncanny. It's, it's just it's like uncanny. with the with the signs and like New Jersey passing by. James Gandolfini. We need to stop giving Dustin credit mm-hmm. for what he did. We need to stop blowing smoke up his ass right now for the thing that he did on this show. So that's what I say. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks, Dustin. No, don't. No, no. Th- well, no, thank you, Dustin. If he's done anything right, he's certainly put a B in Noe's bonnet. That's hey. A. Hey, hey, you know what that means? You know what that means? Second McDonald's food of the episode right there. Uh, Sienna, the last time we talked to you, it was like the end of 2020, so more than a year's gone by. What have you been up to in the year since you've been on the show? What you been doing? Um, well, I was mainly like really trying to finish my Pilates certification last year, which I did, completed. Shout out. Thank you. And now, uh, last time you talked to me, I was probably unemployed, and now I have three jobs. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, there we go. You know, things can turn around. Look at that. Um, And you love that, right? You love having three jobs. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not it's not a total pain in the ass to uh, schedule everything every week. (laughs) That's yeah. I haven't done this. I I hadn't done this since college, but I like bought a physical planner again. Mm, because damn. like and every day I have to like sit down and like look at it and like pencil stuff in and be like okay she's penciling stuff like. in yeah she's and in, my, in that planner right now for Sunday January 23rd it says it's on the list Ooh, that can so mean just, anything you know, <laughs> I, I scheduled this one all right. Well, thanks for making time for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Which is we love to see it. Very kind of you to do. We love to see her. Yeah, for this stupid fucking show. And yeah. I'm honored. Thanks. You're our first show past the 100 episode mark. You're the first triple digit normal show. This is podcast show, so 101, everybody. This is podcasting 101. Whoa, podcasting 101. Yeah. Welcome freshmen. <laughs> Welcome fresh meat. So, <laughs> Today is the worst so day of the rest going of your life. To, we're just going over the syllabus today, right? Yeah. 
Oh, you think it's a syllabus week? We, whoops, <laughs> hold on, wait, no, 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 no. You e skip syllabus week up in this bitch. We're doing cartoon slide whistle sound effects. We're doing shave and a haircut two bits. And you know we're going over McDonald's flute on the first day. You know that this shit gets real when you're in podcasting 101. Um, I say we just get into the album and just put our, put it out of our, get the misery going. Right yes. away. I say that's what we yes, do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Sienna? Uh-huh. No, no, Mason, Sienna, you said it. You said it. do you want to <laughs> talk about the album that you brought on the show this week? Yeah, like right now? Like right now. Right, right now, please. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. You're the yeah. one who got us here at 10.30 yeah. in the morning. You're the one who should introduce well, the album. Well, as I you know, think. I'm on a very tight schedule. So, yeah, let's get this rolling. Yeah. You have a heart out in like five minutes, right? <laughs> so we gotta do all this right now. No, yeah. What what album did you bring us to? So I no, brought an right. album that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's called Soviet Kitsch by the singer songwriter Regina Spector. And um, I kind of brought it on because, well, it's a bit underrated. I'm there sure the Regina heads love right. it, but um, I think that Regina Spector is one of those artists who has been making music for a really long time, but like is still to this day like not not really recognized in like a big way. Mm-hmm. I think, from my perspective, um, I mean she's done like she contributes songs to like random movie song soundtracks i guess but um yeah and i was also i've been like going through some past ephemera of mine and trying to like organize it like stuff from my childhood whenever and um reading through old journals like from middle school and regina specter was like it's bringing back memories of this and regina specter was definitely probably like the first musician that I like really cared about in like sure. seventh grade. I was like tw- 12 That's years awesome. old, maybe. And so, you know, I was like, you know, finding, finding rips of her music online and uh, off of BMP3 and trying to uh, Yo. piece together <laughs> the album for my iPod video, which I got for Christmas. Um, yeah. When I was they also 11. Have Vanessa Carlton instead. They also <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the who, All of them were a thousand. Who was arguably more famous than Regina Spector ever Man. Was, or is. God, BMP3 so, just unlocked something in, in, in my memory, deep in my memory. Uh, did you Sienna K, you you thank you for that. Noah, did you ever use BMP3 to get your MP3s? No, I never did because <clears throat> we used pay Napster in my oh, house. Oh, that's right. Like I've said a million and a half fucking times on the show. My my dad had what was the prototype for Spotify actually? He had the plan for like $15 a month. You could just download any song that was on pay Napster as a service cuz it really was just iTunes for people who didn't have Macs and iPods. So we did that. Never used it. And uh I did use my fair share of YouTube to MP3. Right. Though, mm-hmm. When that was when that was the the yeah, move. Been so there. I, I'm not 
Not alien to that world, but no, never did use BMP3. What was B- the deal? BMP3, with in my experience, um, which also kind of insane for like, but why was I 12 years old and like I knew how to illegally download music? I don't know. But um, I mean, if you're CIA listening to this, I, it, um, I wasn't doing that. But anyway, BMP3, it was to me one of the more reliable websites um, in terms of finding music and not uh, being bombarded with ads and viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use that to compile yeah. the Regina Spectre discography. Yeah, it's like you and you couldn't like download a whole album at a time, like you right. like you can with torrenting or whatever. And so I'd have to like go online and like look up the track list and then search each individual track and see if it was on there. So sometimes, like I went years maybe with some albums where like I was missing songs. And, and you never knew. Yeah, and I never quite knew. Uh, but it's funny you bring up YouTube to M3 because I was, I would, when I was thinking about the podcast last night, and I was like listening to the album, doing my, doing my studying and stuff, <clears throat> my test prep. Don't refer to do this <laughs> podcast as test uh-huh. prep. I know it feels was, that way, but just well, for marketing purposes. I was doing purposes. my homework and. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. I... We are an accredited university. We discovered that <laughs> yeah. last time, right? We Mason? did. Yeah, we gave our yeah. first honorary doctorate to Marin Moreno. Uh, and maybe it... What the it's hell? Right here. You do not have your high school diploma. Yeah. No college Siri. diploma. Wow. Yeah. I, ju- I, told, I don't even know where that I shit told is. I was going through all my personal <laughs> affects. Um, you were going through it so hard, you found your college yeah. diploma. <laughs> Hell yeah. She's going bad. through it, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, yeah, something else that's kind of interesting um, to me about Regina Spector's career is that, like, she... I was, I was so deep into her stuff as a kid, and, like, there were a lot of... She's a type of musician who just like has so many songs but so many like Mm. unreleased and stuff that she would only perform at concerts and things like that and so yeah that was that was part of my uh archive of her stuff was youtube to mp3 rips of like songs that were someone had recorded at a concert and then years later like many years later she would like finally release a studio recording of it so I'm like, whoa, that, I don't know. It's just like, it's crazy to feel, to hear like a polished studio version over like the OG. So anyway, I'm really special for, you know, I, I was listening to it before you all were. That's for sure. <laughs> the only girl in the entire world who's into torrenting. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly into torrenting. By the way, allegedly into torrenting. It's not confirmed. Uh, that was me with Childish Gambino in early <laughs> high school. <laughs> was asking my friend, the friend, same friend who got me into Odd Future and Vince Staples and Vic Mensa. Uh, I, you know, he would be like, "Yo, check out this, check out, check out Childish Gambino rapping over two weeks by Grizzly Bear." And I was like, "This is my new favorite song. This is so fucking ill." Uh, and it was, it was so good. I would download them all uh, off YouTube and put them on my iPod, which is my iPhone also. 
and I would drive to school, and I'd be like, my sister, I just doxed her first name. Yeah, beep. <laughs> By the way, beep. Um, we're listening to this, and she'd be like, okay, and she didn't give a fuck. Uh, Mason, what's your history with Miss Regina? Uh, I knew her from a couple of songs. I th- mostly, I don't know if I'd ever heard a full album of Miss Regina Spector's music here. The one that I can definitely place in my memory is the song Samson, uh, because it was used. Classic. Great song. Really beautiful song. It was used in either the penultimate or the final episode of CSI New York season two, or season two, which is a TV show that I had on DVD and a season of TV that I had on DVD and would just watch a lot. Uh, and I re- that's how is that the one with David Caruso? That's or is Miami. That Miami. This is the one with Gary Sinise. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, Gary Sinise was on that one. Um, so I liked that song a lot. Um, because it kind of it sounded similar to like the song Hallelujah, I think, or at least like the Rufus Wainwright version of Hallelujah, and kind of in my little fourteen-year-old brain, I was like, "Oh, songs about uh, songs about Bibli- the Bible and things being played on the piano. This is cool." Uh, but I'd not heard Soviet Kitsch before, even though I knew that UCNA K uh, quite liked this album. So it was such a treat to have an excuse to listen to it and take it off the Sweet. listen list. So, do we want to just get into it here? Like, talk about the dang album? Are, are we skipping over my history okay. with this album on yeah. purpose? Because you want to smile? Yeah, I'm going to kick this? you out of the room. <laughs> All right. Well, my history, shut the fuck up. My history with uh, Regina Spector and this album is one of, I've never heard it before. I didn't even know it existed, to be honest. Really? With you. I didn't even know this album was a thing. Uh, I'd only really known the song Fidelity by mm. Regina Spector. Not even on this uh, album. Because. Not even on this album. It's on yeah. the next one, I think. Begin right? to hope. Yeah. Begin to hope. Which I really, uh, uh, I was a little torn between the two, but then I was like, well, I think Soviet Kitsch is, is better, more special to me. But keep going. Thank you. Thank you, actually, thank you. Thank you. Maybe you want to take the maybe you want to take the Mason chair on this one then. Um, but uh, I heard that song. I think I had a friend who liked Regina Spector in high school. I, like, vaguely knew of her in the same way that Mason was, like, sort of vaguely aware of her, but I had never done a deep dive on her. And I was actually sh- – because I, and I was shocked when I opened up this album on Spotify to see that I actually had previously at some point given a heart to the song Us. So I had heard the song Us prior to listening to this album at some point, and I don't remember hearing it. It must have popped up on, like, a playlist or a Discover Weekly well, or something, and just, I like, gave it the You know, that song – really uh grabbed their culture by its freaking throat when it appeared on the 500 days of summer soundtrack so maybe that's how it slipped into your library i don't know that i would say doubtful only because i had i only started using spotify in like 2015 and i probably watched that movie in like 2011 or something like that and i've only seen that movie one time but it's epic (laughs) (laughs) but it's epic so maybe I should rewatch it. Uh, but let's dive in now, now that I've gotten a chance to say what my history is with this album. Uh, Sienna, my friend, uh-huh. what do you like about this album? Oh, my gosh. It's just... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's, oh, so, oh my God. it's so beautiful to me. And even um, as I was re-listening to it last night uh, during my during my homework session um I hadn't listened through it 
in a while, I think. And I was, but I was like, wow, this, this still really holds up. Like she's just, she's such a good storyteller and obviously an incredible songwriter altogether. Like incredible piano player, such an interesting voice. And like the, the gymnastics that she's doing with her voice, it was always like, it's something that that not a lot of artists still do. So, and I, think, I'm like stuttering. Um, uh, I'm I'm nervous. Are we still recording? Um, yeah, yeah. I was so in love with this album, even even still. But like as a kid, like I said, it was the first. She was like the first artist. That was like the first album that I like really cared about so much so that I literally like found piano sheet music for every single song on that there album we go. and would like figure nice. out how to play it on our piano. So, um, Hell yeah. but yeah, her, I think something that stands out the most for me on the album is definitely like her lyrics. And that's why I texted you guys last night was like, Hey, make sure you read the lyrics. Cause they're so good. Like she has such a knack for like, telling us a really sad story but like also being really funny and that's like such a hard line to to toe you know um without being corny but she's just so kind of quirky (laughs) (laughs) it really works so i mean I could go track by track for you and be like, this is what I love about this song and this is what I love about that song. But um, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get there here in okay. just a sec. But before 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 we really <laughs> rip the floodgates yeah. open, Mason, what do you think of this little ditty? I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. Really <laughs> Look at that smile. I really liked this album. Yeah. No. Um. I loved the first time I listened to it yesterday. I really loved how the first three tracks on this album really just kind just like kind of built the sound and built her um, sort of uh, uh, just maybe persona or worldview or whatever. And then I like how, um, she, like you said, Sienna, I think the 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 element of the first listen that really stuck out to me. Uh, the more I listened to it, was just her her vocal you said gymnastics or like dexterity or whatever just how she can use her voice and find these little like crevices of different like kind of characters and and inflection um particularly her like her delivery of the second syllable in us of contagious when she goes god i i don't want to i can't do it justice yeah yeah when she's like contagious yeah yeah, it's so good. It's so um, creative and um, clever, and I it it real and uh, it really just got to me in like a, in a in a spot that has not I don't think been accessed by an album in a, in a little bit here. But Noah, what do you th- like about this album? Well, it's kind of interesting because um, unlike Mason, I did listen to this album twice. And, I didn't say I only uh, listened to it. I, <laughs> Did you? Okay, good. I'm glad you're finally coming clean about that on the show. Um, but I listened to this album twice, 
And the first time I listened to it, the ones that got hearted were not the ones that got either kept the heart or maybe switched hearts the second time I listened to this. It was a very strange listening experience. It was like each time I put it on, it was almost like listening to a different album. And it's been a long time since I had even tried listening to Regina Spector. Like, it just wasn't an artist that I was even in my purview or in my orbit at all. But it was a little bit of a mixed bag each time. I think one the ones that really hit for me, like, really hit. And I was like, holy shit, yes, this shit rocks. And then there's just others where I'm just like, I don't know if this one in particular is doing it for me. It was very hit and miss each time, but hit and miss differently each time. You know, it was like the first time I listened to it. What did I write down here? Uh, did I write it even down? I don't know. Did you the do first your time homework? I to it, though, I, um, <laughs> I'm not sure, actually, because I host the show and I make the rules. <laughs> so I don't know if I did or not, but... The I didn't like Ode to Divorce the first time I listened what? to it. Like the first Wild. time on the album. I wasn't into it. And then the second time I did. The second time I threw it on, I did like it a lot. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, first time I threw it on, I was into the song Your Honor featuring Kill Kaneda a lot. Mm-hmm. Second time, not so much. And then Chemo Limo, the second to last track, I was like, there's things about this within the song that I really, really like. And then there's other times where I'm not as into it, like all the way through. And I think it does kind of come down to the fact that I'm not, like, madly in love with her vocal style. Like, I'm not, like, so enamored with the fact that she's, like, doing those gymnastics that you were saying. Sometimes it really works for me. Other times it doesn't. But I kind of prefer when she sticks into the lower register a little bit. I'm not as crazy about the high voice that she's got going on. All to say, there are some tracks on this album that I really, really like. And, like, will definitely be coming back to... Uh, in the future. I think my favorites overall were Us. I had heard it before, I guess, and I don't even remember. Classic. But really a fantastic song. Sailor Song. Really, really enjoyed that song quite a bit. Probably the most surprising song that I just never would have expected this kind of song to be on this album, but Ghost of Corporate Future yeah. is like a great yeah. like I wanted to bring that up. That story. one is, it's so as I was re-listening to it because as a kid, I like would go on songmeanings.net, which was the kind of the precursor to genius. Um, But this one, like, you know, as a 12 year old, I was like, I'm not really sure what this means. But as I was re-listening to it yesterday, I was like, this is really funny. He's, he steps into somebody's fat loogie and everyone who sees him says, ew, like, (laughs) why is she writing this into a song? But it's, it ends up like being so sweet. Oh, here's another favorite lyric of mine. Maybe you should kiss someone nice or lick a rock or both. What? Or both. <laughs> is that in is that in Ghost yeah. of Paper Future? It's yeah. so funny. So Yeah, there's some really interesting stuff going he's on. He's a really here. good lyricist. I like um to just kind of go back to Chemo Limo, which is a song Noah highlighted. Uh I like just that is a um, like maybe a characteristic song for me just because of its how well it just creates like the this this point of view of this this woman having this bad dream with her uh, where she's dying and her four kids are there basically um, she has a, such a good each of these songs 
Um, I just in the lyrics, I think, do such a good job of like being kind of around the same idea, these like kind of anxieties that she has, uh, depression, stuff like that. You know, things that people write music, uh, movies, just things about since time immemorial. Always, always, always. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I love her just ability to create just like such strong imagery and how imaginative it is. Like in Chemo Limo, Ghost of Christmas Future, even in Us, which is the song that we highlighted earlier, which that or Carbon Monoxide, I think, are, are the two that are like, mm. I like all the al- songs on this album, but Us and Carbon Monoxide, I really uh, find myself return like repeating a lot. Um, but I love the, the lyrics on this album. That's all I got to say. Yeah, carbon monoxide is awesome. That's one of the ones I was like would try to play on the piano a lot. Yeah, and that's another instance where it's like she. So I think this song is about Sylvia Plath, uh, right? Committing suicide, which is like obviously very dark, but that she she makes it so sweet like the piano is like so delicate on that and the way that she like builds it and she is also kind of based off the sylvia plath poem daddy and so she has that like recurring daddy 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 she's saying that but then it kind of like starts turning into starts sounding like dead a dead a dead a dead saying like dead instead of daddy mm-hmm. which it's just, you know, one of the, another one of those things where she's just like playing with the sounds of words themselves, yeah. and it and it kind of turns the song into something else. She's that really, I just think is so clever. She's really playful. Like in in Chemo Limo, there's that point where she's like doing like vocalizing some electronic production on the word style towards the end of the song. There, yeah, um, yeah, I. Uh, I like that she keeps like the kind of um, the instrumentation kind of spare. Uh, there's violins that show up in Us, and I think I was kind of maybe expecting the album to sound a little more like Us, like with violins, uh, sort of string mm-hmm. and piano. And I really liked that it started with "Oh to Divorce." Like the first thing you hear on the album is this like bass drum that's doing this like kind of heartbeat um, mm-hmm. underneath it, and then you know this kind of uh, a double bass comes in and then in Poor Little Rich Boy uh, there's the sound of drumsticks that are coming in underneath the piano and then uh, I like in Your Honor um, how this this guitar there's this guitar comes out and so it gets really confrontational and then kind of goes it's like back punky little punky yeah exactly you're, like, exactly. you're suddenly yelling yeah I love that this album ends with the song Some Days, though. I thought that was a great choice to end it with that song um, because it's like sort of the essence or core of a lot of the other songs Mm -hmm. on the album just sort of distilled down to the broadest possible, like, without being like, you know, she goes really storyteller mode on a lot of these songs, but Some Days she gets a little less specific in terms of like, the actual characters that we're following and it feels like that emotion is driving yeah. everything as it's opposed like to a, maybe the storytelling mm-hmm. captures the theme of it yeah it's it like does. a wide view Absolutely. a and wide I, view on the whole thing yeah 
It's like kind of standing on top of the observation deck of the Willis Tower. Don't call it that. Don't call it that. Don't call it that. That pisses me off. (laughs) That's me. That's me. I'm actually mad about it. Uh, I'm actually mad about it. Um, You know what this album reminded me a lot of, Mason? is an album we've covered on the show before, but not in a long time. That is extraordinary. I felt machine, like you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah I, I, fig- I figured you would say that. I don't think it's wrong though. I think that they, they are, um, yeah, they're, they're of a, of a particular sound at a particular time. Yeah. You know. Similar. Do you like Fiona Apple? Love, love Fiona yeah. Apple. Definitely, definitely yeah. the same like sound family there. That's really good observation. Can I just? The sound Can I family. just say really quick also? Uh, my obsession with this album as a kid. I so I grew up um, a competitive dancer, so I was always going to competition on the weekend mm-hmm. and stuff. And my first like lyrical solo, so not like a jazz solo or whatever. My first lyrical solo was to the song "Ode to Divorce," which is so funny to me that I was like thirteen. I was in like eighth grade. And I chose this song, which is really quite sad. Um, yeah. And my parents, my parents didn't get my parents did eventually divorce, but not for many, many years later. So, uh, you know, I didn't really have like a concept of this thing that she was singing about. But I just, it, it was one of those things where you're like, uh, become so immersed in the song, and that like, the way that she's presenting it, like is just so stirring like deeply affecting even if it at the time like i didn't personally relate to it but i love the lyrics on that one and then um i think a year or two later i also did a solo competed a solo to some days as well Mm. were most other people picking songs in that like what was that what's a typical song that someone might dance to in this in oh. this realm, is it Regina's face in a song of so you know, well, by Regina Spector? Well, most people would probably just do a dance to us. It's it's. I'm still trying to like process kind of uh, the music culture of of like dance competitions, and it's it's a lot of like the hits, lots of popular music, mm-hmm. and then maybe like a really famous choreographer, like when So You Think It Can Dance was on, um, maybe a popular choreographer would like choreograph something to a cool song. And then that would like have the like trickle down market effect where like sure. everyone at competition would like take that song and, and do something to it um, with their dances. And um, I would definitely say that um, maybe I was a little bit of a free thinker in that way um, mm, to go yeah, with those yeah. songs. Breaking down, breaking down yes. barriers. <laughs> so yeah, I'm unique. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just at the 15th, don't go breaking my heart in a row. And then Sienna K comes in with freaking Ode to Divorce yeah. by Regina Spector. <laughs> And the audience and can the see, judges are yeah. And the audience can see in colors they didn't even know existed. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the judges are loudly whispering to each other, "Can she even do that?" Like, question mark, question mark, question mark. Can she say that? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And you're fucking doing a pirouette, mm-hmm. probably, probably a pirouette. Yeah, probably point. like yeah. a double pirouette. 
And then Bradley Cooper like and Jennifer Lawrence come in point, and do right? a totally okay dance. To... <laughs> a totally middle-of-the-road average yeah. dance. And it's like, we had to practice that so much. And it's like, I'm just getting up there. I'm spitting bars, motherfucker. I'm dancing out to divorce by Richard Spector. I'm fucking around up there. I'm having fun. And I got a 10. I got a 10. You got a platinum yeah, overall right. high point. Hell yeah. Solo. Actually, it's good that you're here because Mason and I off mic have been Get, sort of getting ready to do our version of a competitive okay. dance. We're trying to enter mm-hmm. enter that world. Um, if I just explained the dance to you, do you think that you could give us some pointers? Absolutely. Possibly? I can do my best. All right. Mason, what's first? Remind me. What's Wait, what first? song are you guys dancing to? Oh, we're doing uh, Break Stuff by Lip yeah. Okay. Okay. You guys yeah. are a little bit of free thinkers for that one, too. Yeah, we're the smartest people in the room for doing yeah. that. We're we're proudly we're planting our flag in the ground. But Mason, what's how do we open that dance again? Can you remind uh, me? I so uh, we we start we're standing completely still, completely straight up, and then I uh, yeah. bend over and just start screaming uh, right into <laughs> my gut here, just screaming yeah. along mm. the lyrics to "Break Stuff" uh, by Limp Bizkit. Uh, at the same time as I'm doing that, there's like a four count of that. Uh, Noah, you, Noah, why don't you tell Sienna K what you do at this point? <laughs> yes, this is this is where I think things are going to get a little controversial. Yeah. Maybe where we where we need your help okay. on that. I spend the rest I spend the rest of the song trying to crawl inside Mason's ass. I just yeah. am like reaching in there, yeah. trying to pull them apart, and just trying to climb up inside of him for. However long it takes, to be honest with you. So, and it's it's sort of a statement on fate versus free it's will. Also a statement on male like, friendship. Yeah, how how in the male friendship is not seen as intimate in media. So Mason and I are actually breaking down a lot of yeah. barriers yeah, by doing that. That's... What do you think? Do you think we have a chance at going platinum overall? Um, maybe uh, you might get some points, Doc, because there's a few curse words in the song and. Most of these things are family friendly events. So, oh. is that true? Is that is that yeah. actually true? And they dock points for that? That's so um, stupid. Okay, hey, sure, sure. Fine. Yeah, when there's oh, we'll like nine it. year olds dancing at this thing, they need to know. And, and the song is saying, "Your best bet is to stay away, motherfucker." But um, well, we're I definitely the think the you version. you know you could take it to the concert dance world and have like some sort of postmodern manifesto attached to it uh Sick. yeah I, I think keep keep brainstorming that one and, and keep keep it in the keep workshopping well mason um i think we i think we nailed it i think we did personally i think we nailed it on that one. what else do we like about this album what else do we like about this album what else do we like about regina Spector? Um, uh whisper is fun the fact that there's like that little whisper yeah, section. Yeah, I think that's her. Uh, middle I of think the that's album. her, that's her brother. younger brother. Yeah. Very cute. Followed by your honor where she's like, which is really loud. So, you know. Just Quiet, what I, it's then loud. And then she's yelling. Oh, a shout. And then she's getting a little pissed <laughs> off. She's getting a little fucking mad. Maybe she maybe she hey, should do it. She should do a cover of She's got stuff. another great lyric in that song. Um, in your honor. You know how it's like, nah, 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 and it's all punky and stuff, and then it goes like really delicate, yeah. and she's mm-hmm. on the piano, and she says, um, 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely. She, no, she's um, like, gargle with peroxide steak for your eye. But I'm a pizzatarian, so it's a frozen pizza pie. And yeah, that's pretty good. I was just like listening along last night, and the lyrics just, you know, when you like love a song as a kid, and the lyrics just never leave you. Mm-hmm. And it, it just yes. flowed out of me, and Ryan, like, he started laughing at me. That was me with uh, the song Fuel by Metallica, where I thought it was, give me fuel, give me fire, give me double genocide. I thought those were the actual lyrics to the song for a long time growing up. And my dad was like, it is actually, uh, give me that which I desire. Mm. I was like, oh, that's not as cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's not as good, actually. Um, Sienna, I want to get your takes on the two secret tracks that aren't on Spotify, which are technically included on this scarecrow and fungus as well as december where do you stand i on honestly news? is this news are we this is breaking news cut this part out because um yeah I, did, I actually don't think that i've heard these these were definitely not know. on bmp3 yeah i didn't listen to the extended version for this one either i kept it just studio studio at least at least on genius i saw that there were two extra songs there they didn't need to be included on the album. The December and fu- or what is it? What is it? Scarecrow and Fungus? It made me go like this. This is another visual gag, so only you guys are going okay. to enjoy this. But it sort of made me go like he's this. He's bending over. He's taking his pants off. Uh, he's <laughs> he's spreading his cheeks. There's a little man in Noah Marger's ass cheeks, and he's saying, "Help me!" He's mouthing, "Help me! Help me!" I've been in here for forty years. Uh, I've been in here for 40 years. I would. I just came in here because I thought there was a, a pot of gold, uh, and now I have been just... Uh, it's it's very strange what's happening. Now Noah is uh, closing his ass cheeks and pulling his pants up and sitting down. Weird. Weird how that happened. Weird. <laughs> yeah. You guys are kind of nasty on this show. Normally, it's just me. Mason really fucking went for it. <laughs> that one, I was pretty proud of him. I'm actually really proud of you for that one, Mason. Um, December could have fit, but I get why they left it mm-hmm. off. Neither of the songs really need to be on the album. I think the album is actually works with the the length that it is. Like it, they're, they're not like holy crap, but I think I liked December or excuse me, uh, Scarecrow and Fungus more than I liked December. So you can check them out. They're short. They're both like two mm-hmm. two and a half minutes long. Like it's it'll take you less than five minutes to check these songs out. Let's put a smile on okay. while we listen to the rest of the, the album. The Joker of um, LA has entered I don't know the chat. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. I guess in summation, the songs that worked for me really worked for me. The ones that didn't, there were times where there were parts of them that, re- that worked for me and then times that they didn't. So for me, mostly positive albeit still a little bit of a mixed bag, but I did like this album. I did like listening to this album and the four songs that I mentioned, which were Us, Sailor Song, Ghost of Corporate Future, and Some Days. I'll probably be coming back to those ones, to be honest with you. I really liked that little handful of songs quite a bit. So it's kind of those are my final thoughts. Mason, any final thoughts? I liked the kind of variety of, I guess, um, I think this album has like kind of a variety of just like uh, expression and, and delivery and just sort of um, uh, 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 ways around the sort of central the- like the sort of central I guess ideas or, or themes that um, 
uh, Regina Spector is is singing about here. I think she also wrote this when she was like 24 too. Um, she was like really young when she made this album, wow. and I think that that was pretty. That's 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 pretty cool. Um, that she has such a good sense of like just kind of songwriting ability and just just image like can, they can make these these really potent and lasting images. Uh, and that's kind of what it comes down to for me on this album. So it's an album that I uh, that just creates this nice little like kind of sonic world, and she invites you into it. Um, and I really enjoyed the whole thing, kind of uh, stem to stern both times I listened to it. Um, I would probably only be returning to a handful of songs like Noah would, but I think the whole album is is worth listening to um, on your on your particular time there. Sienna, do you have any final thoughts for this for this here? Um, Before we get into the funny, the funny talking wrap up. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm biased because this album has always been really special to me. But I'm really pleased that, like, to this day, uh, how many, whatever, fifteen years later, I guess that it it, it really 20. holds up for mm-hmm. me and. Um, I can glean like different meanings from it now that that I couldn't really like comprehend when I was younger but yeah it's just really special it's really clever and then like songs will kind of take an unexpected turn like turn into like a be this really sweet kind of piano thing and then it'll turn into like a manic polka suddenly and you're like what the hell's going on over here what the <laughs> <is this? laughs> and um yeah. yeah it's really i can't believe she was 24 when she made this she's just she's just so cool and she yeah. she really has a sense of humor which i think makes this special as well because there's Absolutely. there's there's heavy stuff on here like suicide Divorce, yeah. P- uh, cancer. Uh, That's yeah. a great point. It's it doesn't feel heavy in a way mm-hmm. that a lot of that might normally. Yeah, That's a great point. and and she kind of she does that without like ever making it corny or cliche. Yeah. So, um, she, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Yup. 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 All right. I got. I actually got quite a bit because she actually has a very interesting kind of backstory. So mm. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go through that. But I got. I got. I got a, quite a few. Well, not a ton, but we're gonna do it. Soviet Kitsch is a major label debut and third album by American singer songwriter Regina Spector. It was originally released on Shoplifter Records in May 2003, but was reissued in August of 2004 when Spectre signed with Sire. The title is drawn from Milan Kundera's expression hmm. for the vacuous aesthetics of Stalinist-style communism, a theme in the book The Unbearable Lightness of Being. I've been s- That's yeah, wild. Yeah, I've been so curious to read that book or see the movie that was based off of that book. Interesting. It's really a wild, there's a wild poll, but very cool yeah. poll. Um, I became obsessed with Soviet kitsch, said British singer Kate Nash. The songs are so powerful and raw. There's a tract called Chemo Limo, where she sings about having kids. I was utterly convinced she had children of her own, but it's all made up. 
That's one of the great things about her. She has a way of making you believe in what she's singing about. Wait, that's so crazy that Kate, Kate Nash was saying that because Kate Nash was is another artist at that very time where I was like so into Regina Spector. Kate Nash was like this other the part yeah, part, the other the part two of my personality. Like I was so obsessed with her as well. So interesting. That's another artist that I always heard about and never got into. Like, like it, I, like I had just missed the boat on like this era. I think I was just like just not quite in mm. that space yet when they were like kind of coming up. But I'm interested now and in, actually interested in Kate Nash because she likes Soviet kitsch. <laughs> uh, in 2009, <laughs> the album was included in British Culture Mag NME's list of the 100 <laughs> greatest albums of the decade. Wow! Shout out to NME for recognizing what number? Do you Soviet know? Kitsch. It didn't say. Okay. It did not say, but it just said it was included. I'm going to guess 74. That's a SpongeBob reference. Uh, Regina Spector <laughs> is a Russian-American singer, songwriter, and pianist. <laughs> After self-releasing her first three records and gaining popularity in New York City's independent music scene, particularly the anti-folk scene in the East Village, Spector signed with Sire in 2004 and began achieving greater mainstream recognition. <laughs> this is nuts. Sienna, if you knew this, I would be shocked. This is wild. Mayor Bill de Blasio <laughs> proclaimed June 11th, 2019, Regina Specter Day in what? New York City. What? Wait, what day? June? June 11th, 2019, Regina Specter Day in New York City. Specter was also inducted into the Bronx Walk of Fame, which I didn't even know fucking existed, but she was inducted into the Bronx Walk of Fame on May 18th, 2019, by Borough President Ruben Diaz Jr. Mm. Spectre was born in 1980 in Moscow, Soviet Union. Her father, Ilya Spectre, is a photographer and amateur violinist. Her mother, Bella Spectre, was a music professor in a Soviet college of music and teaches at a public elementary school in Mount Vernon, New York. Spectre has a brother, Barush, I believe is how you say it. Baruch, I know I'm 100% sure, who is featured in Whisper in the album Soviet Kitsch. Growing up in Moscow, Regina started talk, uh, taking piano lessons when she was seven and learned how to play the piano by practicing on a Petrov upright that her grandfather mm. gave her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family left the Soviet Union for the Bronx in 1989 when Spectre was nine and a half during the period of perestroika, where Soviet citizens were permitted to emigrate. She had to leave her piano behind. The seriousness of her piano studies led her parents to consider not leaving the Soviet Union, but they finally decided to emigrate due to the racial, ethnic, and political discrimination that Jews faced. Traveling first to Austria and then Italy, the Spectre family was admitted into the U.S. as refugees with the assistance of HIAS, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. They settled in the Bronx, where Spectre graduated from SAR, (coughs) excuse me, SAR Academy, a Jewish day middle school in the Riverdale section of Bronx. Since the family had been unable to bring the piano with her or with them, Spectre practiced on tabletops and other hard surfaces until she found a piano to play in the basement of her synagogue. Wow. Nuts. Wow. Wow. Nuts. Someone needs to make a damn movie about Regina Spectre. Literally, passion. She's just just gotta play. I gotta play. I gotta (laughs) even play on the table. (laughs) I gotta play my piano on the table. Uh, Spectre has said that she has created a great number of songs, but rarely writes any of them down. Spectre's songs are not usually autobiographical, but are based on scenarios and characters drawn from her imagination. Her show, uh, her songs show influences from folk, punk, hip-hop, jazz, and classical music. Spectre has said that she works hard to ensure that each of her songs has its own musical style, rather than trying to develop a distinctive style for her music as a whole. 
quote, it doesn't feel natural for me to write song, write some diary type of song. I want to write a classic like Yesterday, but weird songs about meatballs in refrigerators come into my head instead. I can't help it. That's pretty much this yeah. album in a nutshell. I feel. I like, love yeah. it. You know, like that. That she nails it. So, last thing, Spectre performs using a broad vocal range with a falsetto extension, but without any apparent break. She explores a variety of different, somewhat unorthodox vocal techniques, such as verses composed entirely of buzzing noises made with the lips and beatbox-style flourishes in the middle of ballads, and also makes use of such unusual musical techniques as using a drumstick to tap rhythms on the body of a chair. Part of her style also results from an exaggeration of certain aspects of vocalization, most notably the glottal stop, (gasps) prominent infidelity. (laughs) Uh, Spectre says that she uh, the rec- uh, Spectre says the records that most impact her are the bands whose music is really involved. She cites the Beatles, Bob Dylan, Nirvana, Madonna, Eminem. Let's go. She's recognizing real, recognize real on that one. Uh, Kate Bush, Rufus Wainwright, David Bowie, The Ramones, Billy Holiday, Patti Smith, Radiohead, Tom Waits, and Frederick Chopin as her prime influences. Mason, I'm not going to do the explanation. Dream blood rotation right there. Oh, 100%. Okay. My face <laughs> 100%. win. 100%. My face win. My face win the Ramones, Patti Smith, and Frederick Chopin. Taking hits from the M&M blunt. Dude, imagine if fucking Kurt Cobain and Eminem met IRL. That'd be the craziest white boy room of Absolutely. all time. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's <laughs> that's a room I want to be a fly on the wall in and never once step foot in if I'm being, if I'm being real with y'all. Uh, we all know how the Mercedes Viable Player works. I'm not going to try to explain it. Mason just flashed the cassette of the soundtrack across the Zoom screen. Another awesome audio, another awesome visual gag for an audio-based medium. Uh, Sienna, who, what, or which, or when is your Mercedes Viable Player for Soviet uh, Kitsch? Um, wait, can someone else go first? Okay, I'll go first. How about that? I'll go first. Unless, Mason, do you really want to go first? I'll go first. Mine's simple. It's uh, Regina Spector's voice and her vocal performance in this. I think that that's one of the things that, aside from just, I guess, maybe the different subject matter, the kind of different instrumentation on these songs, uh, she has a, her, there's a, you can tell that you're listening to Regina Spector by the fact that it is so playful, uh, dynamic, um, and just really, really does catch you by surprise just in the performance there. Easy MVP for me. Um, on on that regard, so uh, that's that's that for me, Sienna, Noah. Who wants to go now? Hello, somebody. I'm, I'm ready now. You ready? Okay. All right, Sienna, do it. Oh, I mean, it is hard to narrow it down, but my MVP is probably her ability to to make stories on this that. Yeah maybe aren't like personal stories but you know give you some sort of theme and and the way that she really balances like um more serious subjects with like the playfulness and the humor and that like cheekiness um you know we can't get enough of that these days you know it's in short supply so and and not easily uh not often well executed as well executed as it is on this album. So that's my MVP. Everybody going, nobody wants to sing anymore. Nobody wants to work anymore. They don't. Anymore, wants uh, to wait, sing it's anymore. all that's this auto-tune and, and uh, <laughs> uh, garage band, whatever. She's just 
tickling the ivories and and using her god-given uh lyrics it's all this soundcloud rapper mm-hmm. stuff i'm just trying to i'm just trying to grill and listen to fucking Ridian inspector <laughs> for god's sakes uh i'm gonna give my mercedes viable player to the four by four string quartet and the strings use on the songs us and some days i really really liked the pivot i guess more or less to mm-hmm. the strings uh in this album and so i'm gonna give it to those guys us and some days are probably my favorite songs on the album and so i was like how do i how do i get them both in there oh yeah the strings that's probably why i like those <laughs> songs so much is because of those fucking yeah. strings so i'll give it to the four by four string quartet i'm gonna give this album just a regular old recommend i know that maybe i wasn't as hot on it as maybe the other two jokers sitting in the zoom chat right here but that's not to say i dislike this album because i don't dislike this album it's a little bit more of a mixed bag for me, possibly, than my friends here. But I do enjoy listening to this album. And like I said, there's a handful of songs I'm planning on coming back to in different ways. And so, given this old regular regular recommend, it's at least worth one spin of your time. If you've never heard a Regina Spector album before, probably a great place to start, to be honest with you. I'm sure that this is like, you're going to get the full gambit. So, regular old recommend from me, Mason. How do you how do you fall? Very strong recommend, very high recommendation for me. I uh, really enjoyed and loved listening to this album. That's it. That's all I got to say. Sienna K. What about you? Well, unfortunately, I unfortunately I can't give this a recommend. Just kidding. It's opposite day. Full oh, recommend. No. <laughs> I know. Fuck? You see how I just played you right there? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's fucked up. That's so insane. Don't do that. To, don't do that again. We're don't do a wagging my recommend. And honestly, like, I mean, this album is almost 20 years old. And I just people people really don't make music like this anymore. But it's true. Like, there's <laughs> not true. really yeah. like singer songwriter, someone who's just on the piano, an actual piano, too, and not like an electric keyboard or something. But like, yeah, he's actually like so technically skilled on the ivories the mm. ebony's and ivories and um uh yeah yeah Pe- like people don't you just don't hear this kind of music anymore it's it's all beeps and boops and and um and, and, and boobs. And boobs. <laughs> absolutely yo let's, let's, let's get some other chat for, yeah. for that one um, and now to quote one of the seminal characters of American cartoon history, Rocky. Now for something completely different. Yeah, okay. Oh. When I was doing my homework last night, I started watching the movie and I was like, oh, damn, this like could not be in a further off universe than nope. the <laughs> <No>. album. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is, what is what is the movie uh, today, Sienna? What did you offer up to the show? Well, today? it's a it's a little it's a little movie called Climax by um, very controversial director Gaspar Noe. Is it Noe or Noe or Noe? I believe it's Noe. It's Noe. I, unfortunately, yeah. it's closer to Noe than it is Noe, yeah. but it's Noe. Okay. Yeah. Gaspar. 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 <laughs> I like say I like saying it like uh what is the character? Fuck. Gaston. Gaston! I like saying it like that. <laughs> Gaspar. Like I'm in the Aladdin or something. What's your Okay, so 
Yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Hercules, whatever, whatever you want. Um, let's take the gloves off here. Let's take the gloves off. Why? Why did you pick this? <laughs> why did you pick this? And what's your history with this one? Well, I picked it. I was trying to pick a movie. I was going through my letterbox, obviously. As one has a tendency mm-hmm, to do these mm-hmm. days. And you know, it's it's on the list. Uh, that's that's what we're here for, right? As for uh, right. underrated movies and albums, and Absolutely. I was kind of going through compiling a list in my mind of movies that maybe I would want to talk about. And I was like, well, actually some of these are actually very well regarded already and, and closer, uh, nearer into the popular consciousness. Um, but this, this movie is a little more underground, a little more, uh, okay. art, art house cinema. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, those words don't actually mean anything to me, but um, <laughs> right, yeah, me neither. Me neither. But, but I think yeah. climax. <laughs> but yeah, something that is really crazy to me about some movies, or something that I am always like really impressed by, is when a movie can make me like feel sick and like kind of disturbed, mm. and sometimes. Sometimes, like, that'll happen, but I'll be like, yeah, I never want to watch that again. Um, but I appreciate, I guess, what they were doing. But with Climax, I was like, okay, this this is something that I can watch over and over. Even though it's, like, it's a lot. And it's only 90 minutes, but it feels like it goes on forever, which is so effective for yeah. what actually is yeah. happening in it. And so, anyway, basically, I, I chose this movie because I think it is really effective in that way and, uh, <laughs> and like disturbing, but in a way that you're like, what just happened? Like I just went on a trip with these people um, and I maybe didn't like it the whole time, but I sure learned a lot at the end. Follow up, follow up question to why did you bring it on the show? When did you, what was your initial viewing of this like? And what were you smoking <laughs> when you were I was, it for the first I time? I was sober and I saw it in in a movie theater um, in New uh, York. Okay. So that, that actually was really special. I'm really glad that I got to see it in the theater um, because, so I'd, I'd seen some uh, uh trailers for it before it came out because of all the dancing right mm-hmm. so that was kind of circulating um around for me because i was like oh wow like these dance sequences are so sick and obviously like that's a main thing that i'm looking for and uh that got me attached to it and so seeing it in the theater i think was really valuable to that like first experience as it usually is you know for for movies always more fun to see it in the theater but this one like especially because it's like it's so it just makes you like more in it and um yeah i was sober but it definitely leaves you feeling a little uh mm, a little a little Yikes. A little, 
little, <laughs> basically, basically a little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically a little like, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> mommy, mommy, mommy. Uh, yeah, okay. Mason, yeah. What do you, what's your history with this bad boy? Uh, never seen it before. I remember it playing at the Los Feliz 3 when I was living in L.A. And, uh, Let's get yeah, when that was really. not owned by the American Cinematheque, when that was just a three-screen show, theater that would play. Uh, uh, I think it used to be called the Vintage Cinema. Yeah, right? Vintage Cinema. Yeah, because yeah. it's Vintage Cinemas, Vista Theater, Vintage Cinemas, Los Feliz 3, and then there's another one uh, in the Valley, I think, that I can't quite recall or uh but i remember seeing this the kind of banner on the side of uh up there with like two other movies that were out at the time i can't quite remember which and uh a a guy i knew in la um recommended this to me he was a a cinematographer uh and went to college with me and i knew him from then sort of uh, and he really st- spoke highly of this movie, and I thought, hey, cool, yeah. Uh, never seen a Gaspar Noé movie. I know he, uh, it, before even seeing it for the show, this is the first one I've ever seen, I think. Um, but I was certainly aware of, it, I guess, his, his reputation and his sort of interests and the fact that he likes, uh, he's a he's a controversial fella, to say the least. Um, yeah, yeah I uh, got this movie mixed up with his one that came, I think, after this, which was Love, um, which... Uh, I think Love came out just, just before. before. Okay. I think that was the one right Love before. and Climax, I guess. Uh, but I had not seen this one before, and it certainly did... Uh, uh, it was it was. <laughs> Wish I could have been a fly on the wall watching you watch this. Mason. I would pay so much well, money to I watch you watch this on that movie. TV with with this as my speaker laying right on my bed, <laughs> laying just like right there and just just God sitting damn. like like with my head in my uh in my hands and just like uh. Mouth open, writing in my notebook for the first bit of it, and then uh, after about the halfway point when things start to really kick into gear, I was like, I am not having a good time, but I'm having a great time. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't. I don't. Um, I somehow missed the, like, the whatever, the hype around this when it was out in 2018. I, like, don't remember anyone that I was really associating with talking about this movie. Really? Like, oh, we got to go see Climax. I don't. I this don't remember. This is when you were hanging out with, with those uh, with those Christian kids and just, like, going to worship every Sunday and... Uh, and VeggieTales after. Yeah, watching VeggieTales. Yeah. This movie is really? yeah. a lot like that- VeggieTales, so if you think about it. It's a lot like Jonah <laughs> VeggieTales movie in some ways. <laughs> In some ways, it really is. Uh, you enter the belly of a whale, and you fucking <laughs> can't get true. out. Mother you get Vietnam. locked in the electrical uh, closet and go. Some to people do. Sea. Some people do. <laughs> Noah, would you like to lock yeah, me in the electrical do. closet? Ever since I saw you for the first moment, I've been wanting I to would, lock you in an electrical Mason, closet. Mason, I would not lose the key to that. I know you wouldn't. I tr- Just so yeah. you, know. you would. Yeah, well, on purpose at least. Um, yeah, maybe you're fucking. Oh God, well, I fucking lost the key somehow. Um, that's what I would do. It wouldn't be on purpose. I would lose it on accident. Uh, I somehow just missed. I don't know what it was going on. I was in 2018. This come out. Do you remember if this came out in the beginning of 2018? 
perhaps or like I, being in the year do you have uh, any idea? it was late later i think oh um yeah it, it released in at can uh in may and then i think the wide the wide release was later like late quarter okay. four that that might make sense then to be totally honest with you because 2018 actually was kind of a busy year for me in terms of like making shit like I was making short films either in the beginning of the year or at the end of the year and I was working a lot in the summer so I didn't really I probably just wasn't paying attention to be totally honest with you I was probably just doing my shit and just not thinking mm-hmm. about Gaspar Noe's movies because the first time I ever heard of Gaspar was in film school just kind of going like looking at what the movies that he had made were and just thinking I want nothing to do with this guy yeah, like I just I have no interest in this guy at all, and I had really negative thoughts about him as a filmmaker prior to jumping yeah, into this. Yeah, you wouldn't. You you're you not know. the first, and that's what he wants. Yeah, yeah, that's what he wants. He wants you to be upset, and he succeeds at what he and you know he succeeds at that. You know, at least based on my viewing of climax, it's not like a fun. This is not a fun movie to watch. You know, this is not. This is not like. Oh, um, you know, let's get all the boys together and fucking throw on climax. The first five, the this first five a, minutes, that, the, the first dance sequence, you're like, like okay, 15. let's fucking go. Yeah, the first like yeah, fifteen, so for, you're like, oh, is this actually gonna be fucking upsetting in the way that I've been told? It's kind of fun. Actually. So for the uh, for those who don't know, climax. Excuse me. Um, what I love about climax also is similar to uh, Rizuki Hamaguchi's Drive My Car. There's a forty minute prelude before you see credits. <laughs> And that is about half this movie. Uh, but it concerns a group of dancers who are in a snowed-in uh, boarding house, just dancing, having a good time, and then they have a party rehearsing. to... Rehearsing. They're, like, gonna yes. go on tour. Very Keep cool. Going. Great dancing. And there's this great, just, like, one in the beginning of them just dancing, and then it breaks off and it kind of travels around the party. Um and they are all hanging out they're drinking sangria and then they realize that something's funny with the sangria something's not quite uh something somebody party somebody <laughs> might have uh spiked the sangria with a little with a little psychedelics with a little uh LSD there I was about to say with a little Lakeshore Drive there uh <laughs> damn bro that's what you that's what you guys call it where I'm from we call it LSD acid you call I'm it Lakeshore Drive smoking on that Lakeshore Drive Sienna calls it LSD <laughs> I was smoking on that lower wire drive <laughs> I was smoking on that blue line smoking on that red line straight to the fucking loop anyway <laughs> Uh, anyway, and anyway, so, what, what else? And, and so then the rest of the movie is uh, just a, another extremely long take of people uh, descending into uh, hell or heaven or maybe somewhere in between. Um, so it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say that. I, I say that. did you um, wait? Can I ask you this already? Did you guys like it? Sure. I knew you would not like it, Noah. I was. Yeah, I have no interest in this. this. I did. I hated it. I hated watching it. Absolutely, but that's what he wants. Yeah, but did you hate it because you have that? Do you think because you had like such a strong preconceived notion about him anyway, or like did you try to have like more of a, a blank palette? 
Well, the first so the first half of the film is wildly tame uh, in re- in juxtaposition to the second half of the film. The first like fifteen minutes, I kind of was like, oh, maybe I should maybe I should just like see what this is all about. You know, maybe I should give this a chance. It's these talking head interviews of non professional actors who are straight up dancers talking about like why they love dance, what America means to them, like answering these like pretty heavy questions. And then like it's a dance sequence for like the for the next ten minutes or whatever it is. There's like a, they're rehearsing a dance. I'm like that's cool, that's cool. And then I just kind of found like the section that pre that follows that just not that yeah. interesting. At the end of the day, they're just kind of wandering around, the, wandering around this party, gossiping. I'm not really invested in these people. If that was the point, if I'm trying to be invested in these people, I don't really know what purpose any of it serves maybe people like that you know or whatever but i'm like not i'm just like not into that and so i'm watching it thinking like okay well i know we're gonna get fucked up here like i know things are about to get really insane and not good and my my biggest gripe with it is is that i just don't know what what's the point i just think it's a horror movie that's it's just a horror movie that's told in a kind of unconventional way like you start with the image, it, like like Noah really described really well there. Um, it does start with these like kind of talking heads, just a kind of like it, it just reminded me of in most like kind of horror movies or kind of like slasher or something where people are getting like kind of locked in and experiencing cabin fever, getting to know their their personalities. Like you kind of have to set up and, and create mm-hmm. that. Um, that sort of base that, that baseline. baseline exactly, and in all of these movies and all of these like kind of horror movies or or stuff like this, you know that you're not gonna get like too terribly invested in in them. Um, but it helps to just like it helps that these people are all distinct enough, and also you get to know them because they're dancers by like how they're moving and interacting with each other. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and that kind and as the film like kind of devolves, you start to see like how once these like you know, they've taken the LSD, once like those sort of like the 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 veil of their personality or whatever has been, you know, affected in a certain way, you just really see maybe who they are at their core um come out like they're they're uh and how they they act on that with other people and you're not like spending too much time once the drug section starts and and kicks in in earnest like with too many characters i think like your kind of anchor is like the sophia butella character Mm -hmm. um who's going around uh who i think is just really who's really really uh great in this it just like she's amazing um, in this yeah um i and you know, I think that it's just, you know, when those sort of like the, it starts with the interviews, then there's that dance section. And then there's like that kind of a little longer section where it's just the two, basically two people at a time talking and gossiping. I don't know. Like that just kind of like, it, it strikes me of like, it reminds me of being in like high school or a little younger and doing, or, or like even in college when I was doing like performing and, and hanging out with like more creative people. Um, just like how, there's this there's this one thing that you're all going to create you know this either the mm-hmm. show this this dancer or whatever um that you're all in together while that performance is happening and then when it's over you're just like all people and you're all friends and you have your own little like maybe clicks your own other person that you're you're with and you just like bust off and hang around and i guess like you know all those conversations that they're having they're people that have been locked in in the same 
place for three days, you know, and they're going crazy. They're all fucking horny. They just want to relax. It's tr- it's kind of teeing you up to like this 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 LSD trip or whatever to be like, okay, like is things gonna break down? There's gonna be like a big orgy, and no, it's just like fucking this Hieronymus Bosch painting of fucking hell. <laughs> um, that is my read on it, Sienna. I want to hear your read on this movie and and why it's what it's what about it speaks so much to you well you you brought this up already and so i'm definitely like this is kind of the main thing for me that speaks to me about the movie is is like the the relationship between bodies like the the setting or the premise of it being like a dance troupe and stuff is special to me for obvious reasons, um, being a dancer myself, but, um, I think that's what is so cool about this movie is that, I mean, it wasn't even scripted really. Mm -hmm. Like if you read about the production and stuff, like he didn't really write a script or anything. A lot of it was like improvised dialogue wise, I think. And, but the storytelling really happens in the dancing and like the physical movement and like orientation of these people around each other. Mm-hmm. There's, there is kind of this theme of like heaven and hell climax. I mean the word climax, like there there's multiple different images or ideas that come up from that like the climax of Mm -hmm. this crazy acid trip the climax of orgasm the climax of you know they've had three days in this like a movie like a story yeah yeah yeah. and i love that dance is the medium for this idea because they establish it at the beginning from the talking head interviews and then and then the the huge piece that they do in at the beginning that like dance itself and the movement itself is is this like ecstasy for people this physical ecstasy um and that can still like eventually go either way that it can be like a heaven or a hell situation yeah and um so i think that Gaspar No, how do you say his name again? Gaspar No. Gaspar No Way. Gaspar No Way. Uh, no way. He <laughs> um. Right. He really has a great sense in this movie too of like, um, depicting those relationships of just like bodies in space and and um just the the images that are happening and the shapes of the bodies like even the the very first shot which is like technically the end of the movie um Mm -hmm. but where lou is like basically like crawling out of this place into the snow and you're just seeing like the shape of her body against a white backdrop the snowy ground she's like crawling like a baby but she's like or like a baby or like a maimed animal you know because she's like bleeding and stuff and um i think that's really kind of a special 
thing to explore is is like the body's capacity to to experience heaven and hell like ecstasy and agony that kind of a thing yeah does that make sense yeah i i i i i can follow you on that thought um definitely because it is like showing there's what are those texts there's because there's a couple sections that just get broken up by text and it's like death is the great like life is but a fleeting illusion and you're like oh yay cool nice yes mm, yeah. thank you death Gus is Barr. an extraordinary experience exactly yeah 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 uh, uh these these i guess it's it's so funny that to i i it's so funny and Every now and then, I do like to watch a movie, particularly, that just reminds me of how silly and fragile uh, just the human body itself is. Like, it's just, like, this weird, um, uh, this weird uh, organic thing. I love that this movie does start on that that overhead shot, like you were saying, Sienna, where you just see uh, Lou like do a snow angel kind of circles around her you're like so disoriented in this in this space watching this recognizably human um figure uh a figure at least like just kind of act in and writhe in this un seemingly inhuman way and then you just go over to that tree that's there and it kind of i don't know when i was watching that movie that really that tree popping up i was like wait a minute is, am I just like looking at the tree like I'm on the ground or, or something like that? But no, it's you're still above uh, ahead. And then the credits start, the ending credits start. I don't know. Yeah, and you're like, wait, did I'm I like, miss something? Wait a minute, hold on, <laughs> you you little you little you little funny guy here, Gaspar. Um, yeah, I mean, it is like I think that it is it, like on IMDb and all these other places, it is listed as a as a horror movie, which I think is like probably the appropriate frame to view view that in yeah um you know i it's uh and with that like i thought it was a pretty cool like um like i thought it was pretty cool in that regard also as well uh no do you have any more thoughts i know you're not as hot on this movie but just is it just like the fact that it was so upsetting is like the reason why you didn't like it or was there like other i just think there's nothing going on like those text things that pop up, those made me hate the movie so much. They're so stupid. If those weren't in the movie, I would just be like, whatever, who cares? But because those are in the movie, I dislike the film. But like, why? I think that the, the film has, thinks it has something to say, when in reality, I don't think it actually does have mm. much of anything to say. If you want to play like PT or Five Nights at Freddy's, <laughs> Fine. You can play those games and have a you know thrilling experience, whatever. If you want to watch this movie in the same way, that's probably the way to do it, is that this is just crazy. That's fine. But I don't think the movie's got a whole lot going on underneath the surface. I find it to be pretty pretty empty under there. Uh and it just doesn't it just doesn't fucking scratch any itch I don't completely me, you know disagree with that that it's ultimately at the end you're like, why? Wait. <laughs> what what's what's the point here um the point is that germans are scary and we shouldn't trust them mm -hmm. and uh germans oh my god germans yeah wait yeah what who's german the the the, uh 
Well, me, I got a little German in me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're about you're about to have a little German in you. I'm gonna put my dick whoa. in your ass. Whoa! whoa. Uh, no, the uh, the uh, what no, was her name? No Psyche beef. or whatever. The one that uh, that Psyche. that uh, uh, that's that. Spoilers. She's the last one. Only only lovers left alive. Yeah, baby. the only one that was only having a good time. Uh, the only one that was having yeah, a good no time kidding. that night. It appeared. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to share a story that actually has really nothing to do with this movie, but it reminded me of this story when I was watching the movie because I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. I really dislike this whole thing. I dislike Gaspar <laughs> Noé. Um, I remember being in high school, and yeah, I was. In, I had to have been in high school. And I had two friends who were in college. They were older than me. And one of them went to Chapman University. And I remember he had come home for the summer. The other friend went to, like, Western Oregon or whatever. And he was like, come over, you guys. I want to show you guys. I want to show you guys something. And I was like, it's not going to be Mr. Good. Hands. This is about to be a really bad. Uh, <laughs> and then I remember we went into his, like, media room or whatever, which wasn't really. It was just, like, a bonus room. They put the TV in, basically. Classic. Like yeah. I remember he had just like, it was actually, actually, Sienna, it was actually, he got the disc from Movie Madness. Of okay. Places, one of the best places in the entire, in the entire world. Yeah. One of my favorite places in the world. If you're in Portland and you haven't been to Movie Madness, go support them. They're so mm-hmm. fucking awesome. He had the disc, he had the clear disc that they give you, the DVD in or whatever. And he said, have you guys ever heard of Lars von Trier? Mm. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I've heard of Lars von Trier. And my other friend who's like tall and a dumbass was like, no, what the fuck? What's <laughs> Lars von Trier? And he was like, well, I watched this movie called Antichrist last okay. night. Oh, and I really no. want to show it to you guys. But it'll be like an endurance test. It'll be like, you know, like if, it, if you have to scream, you have to scream. I don't care. My parents don't care. Like, we're going to watch this movie. And just the most upsetting shit happens in that movie. And I don't remember really anything about it other than that a fox goes, chaos reigns, and like actually speaks and like says that in the film. And there's like body mutilation in like a really nasty way by the female lead, who's a great actress, Charlotte's Ga- Charlotte Gainsbourg, who's a great actress. Absolutely. It was just so nasty. And I just remember thinking, it was Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg. It's like, okay, you got some great actors there. But I just, you know, it was one of those things where I just was, I was like, dude, why did you do that to us? And he's like, I wanted you guys to feel what it felt like to watch this movie. And I'm like, okay, maybe you and I, <laughs> maybe you and I need to, need to fucking settle, settle uh, out of court on that one. I did not appreciate that. And it's just not, I just don't care. I just don't care, you know. And I was thinking about that while I was watching this. And I'm like, all right, we got, what, 30 minutes left of this. This is not a movie I would ever want to put on, ever want to watch. I'm not going to recommend this film. <laughs> if you do want an insane experience and you're like, I'm just going to go in this for the insanity, it, to me, this is like, it's like a ride in that way. Where it's like, okay, I'm loading up, I'm loading up, I'm loading up. Oh, and now we're going. That's that's about as much as I can give this one. I just I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. That's really all I have to say. I get say. that. I get so. that. Um, I mean, I just I love I love witnessing that that line between like choreography, movement, dancing and like oh, this is an animal. This person looks like an animal like it's almost otherworldly sometimes when they're moving and they I love like how blurred that line is in the movie and I mean that's that's so well established there's there's so many of those shots of of just dancing and so right you're you're really kind of learning a lot about these people without even 
having to hear them talk or anything. You're just learning about them through their movement and their relationships with each other through the movement. But then like, you know, as the night wears on and it gets even more uh, eviscerating and, and disorienting, like, I mean, there's still some people at the end who are freaking like, they're like swinging their arms and popping and locking and you're like, wait, that person had a pretty good time. Like they're still dancing. And it's like, what is the line there? Like, when do you, when do you stop being human and start just being animal? We're, we're and we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think that that's there. That is a. Uh, I think that that's a good question. I think that that's something that the movie is interested in. And if you are curious about answering that question or experiencing that, then check out Climax. Uh, one thing I also <laughs> like: there's a lot of oneers in this movie. Uh, it's not like a Russian arc or a, a Birdman or a movie where the movie is just one long continuous shape take mm-hmm. uh there is some editing there is some breaks in that but when there is that one shot action happening that i like 40 how... minute one yeah like let's just oh. talk about the 40 minute one at the end there. it's so nuts it's so nuts and i like that the camera just the, the the frame there's movement of the frame you know and then there's movement like it it, it twists and turns and it finds these different angles while still like keeping going i'm sure that they did like their own little editing tricks to like kind of split or 1917 is the other example but i always feel like when you're in those like kind of one the whole movie is one shot things there's like a a a remove um you don't really get a lot of variety in how that is presented and how the frame itself looks and in this movie i like that you go upside down like you got some canted angles i like that it gets like nice down and dirty on the floor as the night is coming to a close it makes the uh, it kind of makes you feel like a more active participant in this in this nightmare. Um, and but like you know, even though uh, you are a participant in it, you're not in control of what you are seeing, <laughs> even though you're moving. It's a nice little. It's it's cool. I liked that as well. Um, but uh, but that's that. That's all I got to say about that. I think that's the last of my notes. Uh, also, that being locked in a uh, an electrical closet is something that I'm glad I never had to experience oh, as a kid. It's very upsetting. That yeah. part is so so part upsetting. Is so Mason, upsetting. I'm gonna come back to Chicago at some point and lock me. You and I, we're you're getting in a electrical <laughs> closet before the end of the decade, my no. friend. Before no. 2030, you're going. You're going to be in an electrical closet. Tonight. Guess who's going to jail tonight? Guess who's going to jail tonight? That's so good, Thank Sam. You. That was awesome. Um, I just, can I? There's one thing left to me that I think is. Uh, a fun uh, change of perspective on this as well. Um, Kevin Cookman, um, you may have seen him on Letterbox.com. Um, shout I out, Kevin. The, former guest uh, of the uh-huh. show, actually. Uh-huh, listen to I versus the Big Boys, anywhere that you get your podcasts. And he, it, part of his review of this movie, he he described, so it's in that, in that long 40-minute shot and um, Sophia Butea, he calls that, he described it as a, like an incredible physical comedy performance. And it, that 
him describing it like that, I was like, actually, that is so true. It really made me think about it a little differently that it that it was like comedy because you you are essentially just watching people like freak out on drugs and eventually the drugs wear off, but it's like some of them it actually drives them to insanity and mm-hmm. even death. Spoiler alert! But um, that whole that whole scene where she's like. She's kind of like in the room by herself, and then she just like yeah, in that red room wails in agony and throws herself on the ground. Then she's like rolling around and like shoving herself up against the wall, and then she sees on the wall like that um, that like tapestry of like a forest, and it's like mm-hmm. suddenly there's like paradise before her. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, I can just like sit and rest, and then she's just chilling for a second and then it just disintegrates all again. Like their, their reality is so unstable there and there's, it's funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> because you know yeah. that, you know, Oh, you're just, you're just on drugs, ma'am. It's going to be okay, but it's actually not okay. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you found that funny at all, that part, <laughs> But on rewatch, I was like, yeah, that is quite funny. She, like, looks I... down at her hands, and you can tell that she's, like, not seeing her own hands. She's like, what, what is my body even turning into? Only time I ever laughed was when the uh, <laughs> came up. It was the only time I ever laughed during the movie. I thought that part was really cool. Um, Thanks, Climax is a 2018 psychological <laughs> horror film written, directed, and co-edited by Gaspar Noe and featuring an ensemble cast of 24 actors led by Sofia Boutella. Set in 1996, the film follows a French dance troupe holding a days-long rehearsal in an abandoned school. The final night of rehearsing is a success, but the group's celebratory after-party takes a dark turn when the communal bowl of I Don't Practice Sangria is spiked with LSD, sending each of the dancers into an agitated, confused, and psychotic state. The film is notable for its unusual style and production, having been conceived and pre-produced in only four weeks and shot in chronological order in 15 days. Although Noe conceived of the premise, the large majority of the film was unrehearsed on the spot improv by the cast, who were given no lines of dialogue beforehand and had almost complete liberty as to where to take the story and characters. Climax features unusual editing and cinematography choices and includes several long takes, including one lasting over 42 minutes, as we've said. The cast of the film consists of almost exclusively dancers who, aside from Butella and Suhilia Jakob, I believe is how you say that one, had no previous acting experience. The film is loosely based on the true story, based on a true story, and that's something we all can enjoy, of a French <laughs> dance troupe in the 1990s who had their alcoholic beverages spiked with LSD at an after party. No further incidents took place during the actual event, unlike in the film. The idea of making a film based around the dance came to Noe in late November of slash December of 2017 when he was invited to a Vogue ballroom by Lea Vamos, Viamos, who would eventually be cast in the film. He says, quote, I couldn't believe the energy of the crowd. And then I thought, I'd love to see a film. I'd love to film these kind of people. I'd also seen that movie by David LaChapelle called Rise about crumping. I was amazed by these young kids dancing like they were possessed by evil forces. 
Although he originally felt inspired to make a documentary film about dance, he came up with the idea for Climax in early Jan of 2018. So happy four-year anniversary to thinking about this movie. Uh, he used 1970s films for inspiration, including The Towering Inferno. Yes. Shout out to Jack Freiberger on Great that flick. one. Who, guess what? Guess what, Mason? I got to hang out with Jack Freiberger yesterday. I hadn't seen that guy in a long oh, nice. time. And I had a lovely time hanging out with Jack. So shout out to Jack Fry. Did you get some fries and burgers with him? Or what'd you say? I'm um, sorry. Say, say did that you one get more some time. Fries and burgers from maybe a Mace Donald's. <laughs> yeah, we actually talked to the city, the city of Burbank, and we are erecting the new Mace Donald's in Burbank. Yo, ourselves. thank you, so, franchisee. You. Yeah, you are not getting any of the profits from that. You ah! I'm gonna boycott. Fuck, wait. Yeah, you're going to boycott. <laughs> Me too, actually. I'm going to boycott my own business. Uh, he included the towering in front of the Poseidon Adventure and Shivers. In early Jan of 2018, No Way had the idea of starting the production of Climax right away and make and to make the film much faster than its typical production schedule would allow. Producers Vincent Maraval, who had produced Enter the Void in Love, and Edward Whale agreed con- under the condition that No Way would keep the production very short and film it for cheap. He stated, the whole project happened very quickly. We started casting and preparing the movie at the beginning of January 2018. We were shooting one month later in an abandoned school in a suburb of Paris. It was filmed. It was the most joyful and quick shooting I've ever done. He was able to quickly find a crew made up of people that had worked uh, that he'd worked with before or had wanted to work with for a long time. The film crew included cinematographer Benoit Deby, I believe is how you would say that, assistant director Claire Cobetta, and set decorator Jean Rabasse. The film was cast over the month of January 2018. It was mostly made up of actors with no acting experience, as No Way found the cast mostly in ballrooms, crumping battles. Mason, that's our next adventure. Oh, it's crumping I'd love battles. To see you or, what I'm doing right when I, we get finished podcasting is going to a crump off. And I'm well. You have to wait because I'm flying to New York, and I'm going to take you and put you in the electrical car. Ah, <laughs> <after that>. uh, <laughs> that's when we're doing it. Um, uh, largely made up of uh, people uh, or over the internet as Vogue and Crumping are largely individual dances. Most of the cast had no experience dancing in a group or in sync. When asked about the casting process, Noe said, I want to see some voguing ballrooms and crump battles and I was hypnotized by their body language. These guys who are usually very poor become stars on stage once a month in a ballroom or in a battle. The film choreographer Nina McNeely is one of the few, one of the people who had the idea of casting Sofia Butella. Butella had been a dancer for many years, although she stopped dancing for a few years and agreed to do the film and dance in the film. One of the cast members was a contortionist in Congo whom Noe had heard of when searching for unusual dancers and was able to get in touch with him before flying to France. According to Noe, before settling on Angie by the Rolling Stones, he considered Hotel California by the Eagles as that ending song and various tracks by Bowie and Lou Reed. And last but not least, for the premiere at the Cannes Film Festival, the promotional material of the film humorously addressed the polarizing responses and controversies to Noe's career, stating, You despised I Stand Alone. You hated Irreversible. Ex- execrated Enter the Void. Cursed Love. Come celebrate Climax. That's beautiful. My Mercedes Bible player for this is was an easy pick for me because when I heard it in the film, I went... I have to give a Mercedes Valuable player to something in this movie. So I'm going to give it to Angie by the Rolling Stones. That is a great song. 
and I loved hearing it in the movie. I was like, oh, nice. That's cool. Wait, I didn't expect that, to be honest with you. What part is that? Does that play? That's at the end. The very yeah. end. When, the, when, it, when everything's all done and it's... Uh, the next yeah. day, quote unquote. When, they, when, the, when the authorities come and find the scene. Yeah. Yes, when they're doing a wellness check <laughs> on everybody. Ring, <laughs> ring. <laughs> we just worked one in the neighborhood who want to do a wellness check. This movie has check. a great soundtrack. It starts with uh, okay. a uh, Gary yeah. Newman cover of uh, Eric Saitie's Gymnopedia. Gymnopedia, thank you. I love that song. That's my Mercedes Viable player is Angie by the Rolling Stones. Not even the use of the song in the movie, just the song Angie by the Rolling Stones. This is going to get a big old do not recommend from me, Mason. What do you got? Uh, my Mercedes Valuable player, the aforementioned Benoit Debbie, Benoit Debbie, um, shot this movie. He shot looks like uh, Spring Breakers as well. Uh, oh, this movie just looks and yeah, this movie just looks and moves so um, uh, interesting, uh, so beautiful, so terrifying, um, and I. Uh, really makes uh this space seem so big so small um really just a tremendous capturing of this particular feature film here uh i'm gonna give this one a recommend i had a great time uh being disturbed by this thing uh and i had a great time having a bad time is what i'll say so definitely a recommend (laughs) for that on my uh from from me here sienna k as our guest is the one that brought this movie on what's your mercedes valuable player and how do you feel about this picture here? This is a recommend from me for obvious reasons. Um, and my Mercedes Valuable player is definitely, definitely the dancing. And the way that like spirituality is kind of like expressed through that and like the community mm-hmm. and then like the eventual like disintegration of that. And there's, it's just so fun watching them move and like all the different styles of movement that they're doing the whacking the voguing the crumping the uh popping locking etc etc it's just it's so fun and um as someone who whose life revolves around bodies and movement it's just it's expresses something that um to me that can't really be expressed in any other way so um Rock and roll. that's my mvp and i'm hitting it with the recommend so two out of three sorry noah bye bye dun, dun. <laughs> you can oh i guess we did we, we gotta let the guest plug first sienna Sienna up oh, and standing up and saying, fuck off. She's going Get to out of here, boys. With it. She's, we're, we're, My battery's dying. I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug while I plug. Oh, oh shit. shit. Let's go. Oh, shit. All right. What do you want to plug? Get your plug. plugs off, baby. Um, please come take Pilates from me. Um, all, all, all abilities. Right. You, you don't have to have experience at all. Um, but, um, yeah, you can slide into my DMs for more information about that. I don't really want to say my place of work on here. Um, but yeah, that's anyway, um, don't follow me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I deactivated from Instagram because um, it was breaking my brain. Um, 
any other plugs. Um, I'm gonna plug the Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. I, uh, yes. So, Let's go, chef. Mm-hmm. 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 You could follow me on Letterboxd though for more incredible reviews. There you go. At S I E K R E S C Crez. Ryan C Crez. Um, Let's go. Hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for those plugs. Now we're going to do some plugs as well. And they're going to be the chitty poo-poo, new-new. You can email us at everybody wants to. Number two, get on the list at gmail.com. Send us an email. Dustin Tickham, you are banned from the show. Do not contact us in any way. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, it's on the list pod on Twitter, at it's on underscore the list on Instagram. You can follow me on there as well. Please do not. <laughs> but you can. Uh, and you can follow me on Letterboxd there as well. You can listen to my other podcast, my favorite podcast, the podcast about people's favorite things. We're on hiatus, but she's here, so I got to plug her app. Go all the way back to episode 18. She was still in New York. We talk about Sienna's life and times of being a cruise ship performer. And it is a very interesting time. I re-listened to the beginning of the episode because I was like, what was that episode like that felt like such yeah. a long time ago? And you're fucking eating yeah, noodles I remember and ruining that. my sound I quality. That. Yeah. Um, uh, this yeah. time I very politely paused my morning croissant so that I would morning not noodles. be um, shaking flakes all over the keyboard and into the microphone. Yeah. Well, we don't care about the keyboard. We just care about the sound fidelity. So go off on the keyboard, I guess. But that's it. That's all I got in terms of plugs. Mason, take us home. Folks, Country roads. Folks, you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at HotDogDebicki. You can buy a shirt from the store that is linked in the description of both of those places. Shirt, sticker, uh, oh, I the manifesto. Worn mine. I it's totally all right. Forgot. It's all right. I'll. All beer should be one dollar. Feed the rats. Um, and uh, yeah, all beer should be one dollar. And also feed the rats. Find me on Letterbox under my name. Find me on the barn, a podcast about the Shield. Find me on the streets of Chicago, um, taking a dip in uh, the Chicago River and coming out and going burr burr burr. It is so cold. I feel like Mr. Freeze. Uh, but folks, as we say on this show to close things out, tell someone you love them this week. Do something that you love this week. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Catch y'all on the flippity flip. Bye.
Awesome, 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 awesome. We need to do a take <laughs> of all of that. that.